Hello, welcome to another episode of Teeing Off Podcast. I am currently at the Canadian Open. Uh, not a big girl, got credentials, uh, media pass, inside the ropes, all that good stuff. So I'll have some details on that. I am recording this from the side of a bunker that is not being on a hole that's not being used on the golf course. So if you hear some wind or anything abnormal, that's your reason why. But uh, nice view, nice day. Uh, there wasn't really many quiet places to do this, and yeah, figured now was a good time to do it. Um, I'll get into everything about the Canadian Open in a second, but first I want to talk about the memorial last week. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, one uh, former guest on Teeing Off Podcast, Patrick Cantlay, not a bad girl, and uh, yeah, he won. He, he got an amazing final round. He's just, he might be a bit of a boring guy, but I mean, he's a tactician out there, um, incredibly talented. And uh, expect big things from him in the next few years. But the main thing that I took away from the event was nothing really involving golf. It was two people that threw some shade at Tiger Woods. My man Tiger Woods had some shade thrown at him, and I was not a fan of it. First time was Jack Nicholas. Now, it's been documented a little bit on a couple other podcasts, but Jack Nicholas is starting to get a little bit salty about Tiger Woods. Now that Tiger's really coming up on his, uh, on his major record of 18 um, so Jack was in the booth, obviously the Memorial is his tournament at his golf course, but Tiger was ripping it up in the final day. He was seven under through like, I don't know, like 12 holes or something like that. He was absolutely firing on all cylinders, but he started the day, uh, way, way back. Like he had, he had no chance to win. And, uh, so Tiger stumbles a bit in his last few holes. And then in his post on interview, he says, you know, he, he felt really great out there. Uh, you know, he didn't really have a chance to win, but he just, he was happy to, put some good swings together and get his game going in the right direction. Well, Jack goes on the broadcast and says, well, I don't know why Tiger would have said that he didn't have a chance to win. I thought he had a chance to win and he, you know, he shouldn't have that mindset. You're never going to win if you don't have a mindset that you're going to win. Tiger lost by like 10 shots. Like there was no chance ever that Tiger was going to win. He would have had to shoot like a 59 on a final day and just, just sort of a weird comment from Jack. And then uh, Tiger was asked about, uh, sorry, just taking a sip of water. T- Tiger was asked about Hank Haney and his comments about the LPG Tour. And, you know, he gave the pretty much a boilerplate answer that, that there's no place in the game for comments like that, which, I mean, yeah, that's factually correct. And uh, Hank Haney kind of threw some shade at Tiger as well, saying, you know, I was with Tiger for a uh, good however many years, and he's never heard me once say, uh, anything sexist or racist, and you know, since when is Tiger the uh, moral authority on women? So, for a guy that's made you millions of dollars and uh, kind of made you who you are, not the most, not the uh, best comments to uh, to be making about Tiger. But I digress. On to this week, uh, my favorite. Uh, sometimes my favorite. I, I do like going to other events because um, at the Canadian Open. All the media is focusing on all the Canadian guys, so I uh, I try to find different stories than everyone else is working on. Um, but yeah, this this is this is a good week. The golf course is here is incredible. I think it's number seven in Canada. It's a beautiful course. It started the week started out really wet and rainy, but uh, as this progressed, it's gone really well. So I didn't come on Monday, but Tuesday I uh, I drove in. I'm staying at my mom's place in Grimsby. The course is in Hamilton. Uh, Toronto would be too far of a drive to go back and forth every day, so I'm staying with my mom this week. And uh, so I drove in. It's about a half an hour drive in each day. But the first day, Tuesday, 
to drive in and I'm trying to find this media parking lot that says that it's, you know, you, you, they give you all the directions. I pull onto the street, Wilson Street, and it says turn left and then turn right. There was nowhere to turn right. So I, got, I drive past it. It says turn around. So I do that. Turn around. Couldn't find it again. Took me three tries. And then it turns out it's just this little, like, gate, like a tiny gate the size of one person. Well, bigger than that because the car has to fit through it. And it's like a church gate. And there's no driveway. You just have to know where exactly where it is. So that was an obstacle for me. Um, where, how are you supposed to know the gate sign? Like, you're just, what's the gate? Where's the sign? At this point. Anyways, uh, that happened. Got in. It was a little overcast. Uh, a little chilly. But uh, I got in. Um, beautiful. First thing I see when I step out of the media shuttle was the beautiful clubhouse here. Just um, one of the top clubhouses that I've seen. It's just it's gorgeous. A uh, little bit intimidating, you know, the first, first day of a tournament like this is always a little bit intimidating for me. I always feel a little bit of pressure because you never really know how the week's going to go. Um, you never really know what it's going to be like with the other media people. And, um, yeah, I just put a lot of pressure on myself to do really well. And the first day is usually the, you know, once I get through the first day, I'm usually okay. Um, especially because last time I was here, last time I had seen that clubhouse, last time I had seen this course, I was, it was seven years ago. Um yeah, I was. I just came as a spectator. Um, I was just younger, and just completely different perspective. It's kind of one of those moments where, like, oh wow, last time I was here I was a spectator, just just watching, you know, and now I'm here as the media. Um, so that was kind of cool, but a little bit, a little bit of pressure. Um, the first day of the tournament, I usually like to walk the course, so I did that. I walked the course. Um, I saw the a couple of cool things they have. They have this caddy area here, where uh, it's. It's like a special area just for the caddies. Um, they got couches, TVs, ping pong tables, a place to get your hair cut, a place to get massages. They got all the food and drinks they want. It's really cool. Um, some events, you see the caddies kind of get stiffed. They don't really get, they barely even get a place to put their stuff. So, uh, yeah, I really like to see that. And then, uh, yeah, I walked the course. The course is just absolutely gorgeous. Um I just said it was a little bit wet at the moment, and the, the greens crews were really trying to get the course ready for Thursday, especially with it being a prep for U.S. Open week. There's a, there was a lot of, you know, they wanted to get the, the, the course perfect, and I think they did a great job of that. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do too much on the Tuesday, just just kind of getting my bearings, doing all that. And then uh, and then Wednesday, Wednesday was pretty much... A washout. Um, yeah, poured rain, poured rain pretty much all afternoon. Uh, I got here in the morning and it was it wasn't bad. It was it seemed like it was going to rain, but it wasn't that bad. And I found the media lot on my first try. So uh, kudos to me, go me, good for me. I did it. I got into the course and then I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta crush some interviews before this rain starts. This it's gonna start and I need to get some work done. So I went out there. I had a list of 28 guys that I wanted to interview. Uh, it didn't quite work out that way, but it was a little, and I spent hours getting that list together. But hey, I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared. And I uh, interviewed Luke Donald, Jimmy Walker, uh, J.B. Holmes. And that was good. I was, I was enjoying myself. I went back in to grab a bottle of water because I was feeling a bit parched. And uh, as I walk in, Rory McIlroy was walking into the media center. He was doing a press conference. And there weren't that many people in the media center, so 
uh, it's pretty much fair game to ask anything. And then this right when he leaves, Brooks Kepka walked in. And let me tell you, Brooks Kepka. I mean, I'll get more more about him in a little bit, but when he walks into a room, you you know he's in the room. Like Brooks Kepka has a presence. And uh, yeah, more on that in a minute, but um, that was pretty cool. And then um, and then the rain got torrential. It really started pouring rain. Uh, everyone was taken off the course. There was a funny story about uh, Shane Lowry was out on the course doing the pro-am because Wednesday's the pro-am. And uh, he didn't have, he thought he'd be done by the time the rain was supposed to start. But it started earlier than he thought. He didn't have an umbrella. He was kind of stranded out there on the course. So he went over to a couple that had an umbrella and he, he gave them a hundred bucks for their umbrella. But the umbrella didn't, didn't really work and it just leaked through on him. So he got soaked and had just wasted a hundred bucks. But uh, <laughs> that's too bad for him. But what are you going to do? Um, so they, they actually had to cut the program short. They usually do like 18 the people pay to get 18 holes they get nine holes with one pro nine holes with another pro but they had to walk that cancel the morning wave and then the afternoon wave they just put out uh two pros with each group and they played nine holes so kind of a waste but uh yeah i don't really care if those people paying a lot of money for that sucks for them but doesn't suck for me after that uh, i wrote a few blogs nothing much i could do because it was just so soaked they were getting the course uh they were trying to get the course ready wasn't much going on up there. One thing I did see, though, as I was leaving, it was Brooks Kepka was the only one on the range. He was the last one on the range. And I saw a picture later, like two hours after that, that he was still on the range. So he was grinding on Wednesday night. Uh, he had taken a couple weeks off after, excuse me, after the PGA. So not necessarily rust, but, uh, you know, trying to get trying to get back in the groove of things. And, uh, yeah, given how his first two rounds have gone, I'd say he did a pretty good job of that. So that was Wednesday, went home, watched the Raptors, actually went to a bar in Grimsby, watched the Raptors game. Uh, big win, just a big win. That was incredible. I mean, when you're playing a team like Golden State, and you're up like 10, 15 points, you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like You're always thinking like they can still come back in the next minute. But the Raptors just held them off all game, and very impressive. I mean, they got another game tonight. It's Friday right now when I'm recording this. Uh, they have another game tonight, game four. If they can win that. Things are looking pretty good. Even if they lose right now, I mean, we all we wanted out of get, going into Golden State was a split. We got the first one. If we can get this one, I mean, we got a chance to win it at home in Toronto. That would be absolutely incredible. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Thursday. Thursday, tournament started. Great day. Great weather. Um, yeah, I walked. I came in, uh, had a little bite to eat, and I was just getting ready to go. Actually, I sat with, uh, as I was eating, and uh, Ted McIntyre, he gave me my first job in the golf industry when I was in high school. I did a co-op with Golf Ontario Golf Magazine, and uh, he was my boss. He came over and sat with me and had lunch with me. That was really nice. And another guy, Scott, he runs Flagstick Golf. Um, really, really nice guy. He's he's uh, reached out to me a few times and sent me some really nice positive messages when I've been going through some stuff or just in general. Um, he's had my back, so I really appreciate him. Um, he had lunch with me too. That was cool. And then um talked a bit with bob weeks bob weeks has been really supportive of me as well he's a nice guy and adam stanley uh and then i was going out to walk the course and scott said hey i'll, I'll go with you so uh, i walked i walked with him for i don't know <clears throat> two three hours around the course followed brooks followed a few guys and he he knows everybody like everywhere everywhere we would turn he was running into like a club pro from this course or a teaser from that course or some guy that played 
plays on this tour or that tour. Or, I mean, it was really cool. He introduced me to a lot of cool people. He uh, gave me some some great advice, some great insight on, you know, anything from like story ideas to different ways to handle different days of the tournament. Um, you know, certain people to contact, uh, ways to go about things. Just just really nice of him to do that. He had no, you know, he didn't have to do that, and I uh, really appreciate that. So. Um, on the 0.1% chance that Scott is listening to this. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate that. I had a really good day um, after that. So, yeah, we followed Brooks a little, then uh, went back. And then I went out. I want to get uh, file a story on Graham McDowell because Graham McDowell is from Northern Ireland. He, play, he grew up playing Royal Port Rush, which is where the Open Championship is this year. And he hasn't qualified yet. And it's a huge, huge deal to him. He's played the course over 500 times. His brother... Uh, has worked at the course for over 20 years. I mean, it's just, just a huge, huge deal for him to get in that event. And he can do so with uh, a top... If he gets in the top 10 here this week, they have three spots. And so the three highest finishers in the top 10 that aren't qualified for the Open Championship will get in. So uh, Graham, obviously vying for one of those spots. If he doesn't get in this week, he can get in with a win at the US Open next week, which is obviously very tough. And then he's got the Irish Open and the Scottish Open, with that, which have that same rule of if you're in the top 10 take the top three guys that aren't qualified but uh he had a shot in opening round four under and was you know in the top 30 top 25 ish um looked pretty good and then today friday he went out and fired a great round so he actually he's sitting inside the top 10 right now and he looks like this could be the week for him and then he can focus on pebble where he won his major at the last time i had the u.s open there um yeah really nice guy spoke with him spoke with an rna spokesperson who preferred to remain unnamed so i just put them as an rna source and uh yeah so i put that story out this morning um yeah yesterday though yesterday was so hot i uh i wore shirts shorts and a polo but i didn't realize it until after i left the polo is a little bit tight i was feeling a little bit self-conscious so i wore like a uh kind of like a cardigan but like a, a sweater a button-up sweater sort of thing nice nice one but i wore that all day because i was feeling a little bit self-conscious and i sweat my bag off like i must have lost five pounds at least five pounds i took 10 over 10 I looked at my steps thing at the end of the day shout out apple's health app which i didn't really know did this until about a week ago but i know now so i'm gonna be checking it every day but over 10,300 steps that's that was a day but yeah i was so hot yesterday i was sweating my balls off um, but yeah, after that, I, I prepped some blogs, put it out with some blogs, check that out, teeingoffblog.com, little quick plug there. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was Thursday and then today, Friday. So today when I was driving in, um, you know, pull up to trying to get into this media lot as I'm on the street, that's packed cause it's a little tiny town. Um, well, a little, a little street that is the main street for whatever reason, um, there were, I saw it twice, so it, it wasn't just a one-off, I don't know what was going on, if this is a Hamilton thing, there was a couple of adults, and about, the first time, it was, I think it was three adults, women, and about 10 kids under the age of four, but these kids, uh, maybe under the age of six, these kids literally on a leash like it was a leash that went around one kid and then around the other kid and then around the other kid and there was a bunch of them and they were walking down the street with this leash and i could not help myself i started laughing so hard and i had my windows down because it was really nice out 
and they heard me. They, they thought I was laughing because it was cute, which it was. But no, I was laughing at how ridiculous it was to have kids on a leash. And then I, so I get in, park my car, get in the media shuttle, and we're pulling out on the back of the street. And we see another group that has the same thing. And this, this, it was a different group, same idea. This kids on a leash, very strange, very funny, kind of cute. I guess it keeps them in line, but it's just a weird, weird thing I'd never seen before. I don't think I want to see it ever again. But anyways, got into the tournament, got into the golf course, posted uh, my blog with McDowell, and I took a look at the leaderboard and saw, hey, at that moment, he was in the lead. So that was really cool. Um, good timing on posting the blog. I then went out because I wanted to follow, uh, see Brooks, just in case, you know, he didn't do too well in the first day, so I wanted to see, I wanted to see him up close to personal just in case he missed the cut. Uh, so I went out to his last two holes of the day and followed him inside the ropes. Huge crowds. It was, it was actually hard, hard to get around. There's a few uh, bottleneck spots on the course that make it sort of tough to get around. But, uh, yeah, I, I followed him. I had, to, I had to go inside the ropes. Sometimes I just stay outside the ropes. You know, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. Sometimes you don't even really need to. But the crowds are so huge, I, I ducked inside the ropes. Um, kind of makes me feel like a million bucks. But, um, yeah, I went inside the ropes to watch Brooks for a few holes. Uh, Brant Snedeker, in his, he was paired with Brant Snedeker and Justin Thomas. So that was really cool to see. Um, Brant Snedeker shot a 60-6-0 amazing round he was on fire but i will say that i've had my breath taken away a few times by people hitting a golf ball um bubba watson's done it, dj brooke henderson to be honest she's it's phenomenal watching her hit a golf ball but brooks kepka it is seeing him hit a driver is unlike anything i've ever seen the apex on his golf ball like it's the coolest ball flight in the world i highly recommend it you have to go see this if you're a golf fan like it starts, it kind of bores into the air and it just goes, it shoots way up in the air, but it's on such a, such a powerful trajectory that it's not like it's going too high. Like it, it is unbelievable to watch. And Justin Thomas hits it out there a ways too for such a small guy. He pounds the ball, but nothing like Brooks. I mean, it was incredible to watch. And, you know, it's cool too, because he has such big crowds around him. And every time he hits a tee shot, everyone's kind of experiencing the same thing. Everyone in the crowd hear a lot of like, holy shit, like, whoa. It's really cool. It's it's uh, it's really cool. Um, one thing I did notice though, I mean, I had my breath taken away because Brooks, like I said, he has a presence. He's a very attractive man. He's he's you know he's he's a man rocket. I'm not afraid to say that. He's big. He's strong. He's a good looking guy. He's cool. But some of the comments coming from the crowd towards this guy, I mean, mostly positive. I mean, one guy literally yelled. Two Brooks. My girlfriend wants to fuck you. Why on earth would you yell that to someone that your girlfriend wants to fuck them? And what do you really expect him to say to that? <laughs> there's, so there's a lot of comments like that. A lot of, you're hot, Brooks. You're so hot. I love you, Brooks. Stuff like that. A um, couple uh, Gucci. Uh, it's Gucci, bro. Because, you know, that's, the con- that's, the, that's from the part of my take interview he did. So a couple of those. Um, some weird, just some weird fans in general. I mean, when I was walking around with Scott, there was this one, these people were coming up the, uh, this hill where there was, you know, pretty long rough and they were just trying to figure out, you know, how would they even cut that rough? And then they finally decided that a weed whacker would be the most efficient way. And this guy drops one of the most absurd lines I've ever heard in my life. He goes, weed whacker. That's gotta be the best word in the English language. Weed whacker? 
<laughs> Never thought I'd hear that. Don't think I'll ever hear it again. So that's that. Um, yeah, Snedshot60. Uh, some crazy crowd, crowd comments. After the round, uh, went into the interview area. Uh, Brooks was just kind of standing there waiting to go into the scrum. And he, you know, I was kind of looking at his phone. And I was very upset. So I said, hey, Brooks, great round. Kind of looked over me and I said, thanks, bro. Um, so I told him, you know, I loved your interview on PMT. Um, he said, yeah, you know, that was a lot of fun. Um, I asked him if, he, if he's hearing a lot of Gucci's out there. And he said, yeah, you know, you say, th- you say one thing one time and it just goes everywhere. And that's all I hear everywhere I go now. Um, so yeah, it was nice to have a little, little private chat with Brooks, even though it wasn't, wasn't much. It was a nice little moment. Uh, I got some videos of him and uh, his scrum, Justin Toss' scrum, Brent Seneca's scrum. Um, yeah, and then I went back in. Uh, Rory Macro teed off as uh, Brooks was doing his scrum. So uh, I'm going to, I just ate some lunch. Today it was, uh, they've had some decent food, not as good as they usually do, but today was, I had some pork chops and some roasted potatoes, um, some salad. I'm going to maybe grab a little hot dog or something, maybe some chips or some peanuts or something. Load up on some waters. I've been crushing water. Um, definitely losing a few pounds this week, which is good. You know, when you walk 10,000 steps in the beating sun, sweating your balls off, you're going to lose a few pounds. So that's good. The belly was getting a little big. Now it's, you know, it's shrinking every day. So that's good. Going to, um, yeah, mix and maybe eat a little more. Uh, go back into the media center, prep a couple of blogs. They've got a few blogs that are ready to go. I just need a few more quotes for them. Um, usually I just try to get things out as quick as possible. And I'm really trying to get a better quality of stuff. I get quotes that not everybody's getting speak to some people like I called um so Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor they both grew up on the same golf course Ledgeview in Abbotsford BC they they're only a year apart they were friends buddies growing up um which is very rare for two people from the exact same golf course at the exact same time to end up being successful PGA Tour players I don't know how often that happens anywhere so anyways I, I looked up this course I want to call and see if they're having like some sort of watch party or you know what the what the mood is there uh with two other guys and so I, I looked up the golf course and it have I see that the what this title was, but basically the guy that runs the course, his last name was Hadwin. So I asked Scott, like, hey, is that, is that Adam's dad? And he says, yep. So I called up, uh, talked to Adam's dad, Jerry, for a good, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Great guy, loves to talk, funny guy. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was a cool chat. And so I've got that, that. I've got a story about the U.S. Open uh, conditions. I've got, got a couple stories ready to go, but I'm just kind of waiting to get a couple more quotes. Um, yeah, I'm going to maybe go eat something else and then go watch uh, Rory McIlroy's back nine. Uh, I'll have some updates on that. Make sure you're following on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, there's a con- there's, they have this concert series thing here uh, starting tonight. I think it's Florida Georgia Line is here. So they've sold like 20,000 tickets for that. So that all be a zoo. I don't know if I'm going to stay around for that because the Raptors game is obviously on tonight. Uh, I might have to go hang out with some friends and watch that. But we shall see. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I've got for now. I, uh, it's Friday, like I said, so I'm going to have next week, I'll have, uh, the rest of the stories from the rest of today, tomorrow, Sunday. Um, the leaderboard is fantastic right now. I think it's, it's probably the best Canadian open leaderboard I've seen in years. So hopefully one of the bigger names, um, or a couple of the bigger names will be in it down the stretch on Sunday. Um, make it interesting. And then, you know, next week we've got Pebble. we got the US Open of Pebble, which is my favorite probably my favorite U.S. Open course. So, uh, yeah, super looking forward to it and uh, really, really just going to try and enjoy these last few days. So for that, the weather is absolutely perfect today. It's warm, but it's not too hot. 
Um, it's great. Just great. So thank you for listening. And I will be back next week. I think I'm going to try and have my buddy Greg on because uh, he's golfing today and he's a funny guy. So uh, he said he'd like to come on. I think I'm going to try and have him on next week. But uh, don't hold me to that because you never know. Anyways, that is it for this week, this episode of Teeing Off. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.